vote the yeas are 226 the nays are 196 the bill is passed the white house has said it will veto any bill um, that doesn't include both israel and ukraine uh house speaker mike john mike johnson has said that he wants to do israel first alone and then move on to ukraine and the u.s borders what is the task order there and is there room for the white house to negotiate on um, u.s border immigration issues in that package well, first of all, we're not negotiating that. And we've been very clear that we must stand by the role of the United States as it relates to our global responsibility to uphold and defend international rules and norms and what is right. And so our, our proposal is that there be aid given to both places, to Israel and to Ukraine. And we are standing by that, as you have said, President has been very clear. If any bifurcation of that should occur, uh, he will veto. Here he lies, deep beneath this veneer of glass. He was a tough guy, and he kissed nobody's ass. And welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 155, here on a crisp Friday, November 3rd. I'm your co-host, Tom Pyle. I'm your co-pilot, Mike McKenna. Where are we flying today, Mike McKenna? How's it going? Who the hell knows? The navigator's late like he always is. (laughs) Oh, man, I just got back from Austin. And uh, so that made three weeks, let's see, three weeks in a row and four cities because I did a two for one week. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit worn out today, but we'll get through this. And we will amaze and razzle-dazzle our unregulated followers. Um, We have a new speaker. Mike Johnson. Yes, we do. And the first thing that came to my head was that clip when when people were like, all the who is Mike Johnson stories, right? So uh, that was Bill Saluga who died this year in March. And you, he was like this random one hit wonder where he had this little sketch comedy deal and it caught on and went crazy for viral viral back in the day for a while where he did the whole, you can call me rag, you know, so I, I pulled that out of the archives. I want to say, I want to say it was like 1975. It was, <laughs> it was right, right, probably, probably right after you were born. I remember it. it not up, well, but I remember. culminated with a Miller light commercial. It, I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So Israel aid has passed the house uh, paired with a pay for of of taking a portion of the IRS money that the uh, Biden uh, administration, the Democrats jammed down our throats last year in the IRA, was it? Yeah. So it's probably what, 14 billion uh, replace the Iron Dome, do all sorts of good stuff. But the administration is having nothing to do with this bifurcation deal. It's all in, baby. Israel, Ukraine, and by the way, no pay fors. That's it. I'm holding the line. Yeah, the thing that's kind of weird is they put that statement of administration position out like right before the vote, 
instead of like a day before, so everyone have a chance to think about it. That's probably why they lost like I think they lost like twenty Democrats on it, eighteen something like that. I'm like, I, I, it's a weird line to draw, man. I'd have waited to see what the Senate's gonna do, but whatever. You know these Ledger Ferris guys, they know what they're doing. I suppose. Yeah, we're gonna get into Speaker Johnson uh, in the uh, top when we when we get into the topics, uh, but uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for him so he's done okay so far i think he's i think he's he's doing he's doing right well for for a kid from shreveport so that last clip i don't know if you know who that was no idea i was gonna ask you so uh, there's a montage of gems the montage from now the late and great bobby knight oh yeah and that was what he wanted to put on his on his gravestone that was his epitaph so yeah, it, it's good. It, it reflects Bobby Knight to a T, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, you, you, Bobby Knight was one of those guys I really wanted to like, but never quite could. Well, I don't know. You're pretty surly yourself. So I, I'd say you should well, give him a little sympathy. I give him, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about it, right? I mean, I get it. This is, this is the way he was wired and blah, blah, blah. But um, you, you can't. <laughs> I am always every time I think about Bobby Knight, I'm I'm reminded of um it might have been Sophocles, it might have been Socrates. I bet you it was Socrates, who wrote that the um the bow that is always pulled taut is the one that breaks. Right. And he 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 just he never seemed to leaven anything with like some some affection or hey kid, I, I'm concerned about you or whatever, right? It was yeah, all it well, was just it, a steady diet of do what I'm telling you to do. And his and his um appearances with the media uh, at certain times. I think he was one of the early guys who called out the sheer stupidity yeah, of the media, I, particularly I, the sports folks. I mean, he had no filter for that. I respect him, right? Yeah. It was but you think on your tombstone, you'd be like, All right, you know what? This is gonna be around for a while. I want to think of something to say that it's not overtly hostile. So just a couple of highlights, uh, 42 years as a head coach, yep. uh, most of which, of course, was with Indiana, uh, two national championships, three, three, I'm sorry, yep. uh, and a 75-76 team remains the last, the last in Division I men's basketball to complete a season undefeated 32-0. Yeah, and the thing about that is probably going to be the last one ever, given the schedules and the fact that the kids stay in school for a year. The other thing that doesn't talk about about that '76 team is um, the year before in '75, they missed playing for the championship. I want to say by one game, they had they they had run essentially a perfect schedule that year too. They had gone like twenty-eight one, twenty-eight nothing, twenty-one something like that into the tournament. They lost one game. This guy came within one game and went in two in a row. Um, and this was still in an environment where John Wooden was still alive, right? And yeah. still coaching. Everybody forgets that, right? That he, he, you know, he, he wasn't climbing over like the losers we got now. He was climbing over John Wooden and guys like that. So. Yeah. He to won a total of 662 games uh, at Indiana. So yeah. The most mm -hmm. in program history by some distance. Uh, and of course, he probably would not be a coach today. There, he would be fired. He's just there, there's there's no way in today's yeah. I got to I got to think social media. Would, his, yeah, he would be done. So 
Yeah, I got to think social media would kill him pretty quick. 83 years old. And also he uh, endorsed the boss, if you recall, early in the Indiana primary. He was a he was a um, spokes for him. He did, did some events and stuff for, for President Trump. Rest in peace, Bobby Knight, 83 years old. Uh, any announcements today from you, sir? I have three. Um, first off, I want to say hi to Fritz, who turns out is a longtime listener. I can't give his last name because it would expose him. Uh, I want to say congratulations to Janet Senna, who uh, announced her retirement from the NERC. Oh, I didn't know that. Janet congratulations, was a, Janet. Janet was the first person in town to hire me and my biggest supporter and the reason why I have the career I have today. So I'm very, very appreciative to her, probably more than any single human being I'm not related to. Um and I want to give a shout out to my granddaughter who turns seven years old today. She's like a, a tiny, terrifying human being. I also oh, want to enhance. Wow. Yeah. I can't I'll, believe that. How quickly that has come. Yeah. Oh, yeah she, she picked she picked a restaurant for dinner tonight. The Olive Garden. She, uh, so Tools, it's a local pub. The wow. reason why she picked it is because it's across the parking lot from Dairy Queen. No, she's she's a genius. She's an evil genius, but she's a genius. The other two things is, in the last ten days, I've been on the um, podcast uh, Power Hour thing over at Heritage with Jack Spencer. We had a spirited exchange about um, about Senator Cassidy's new bill. And oh, then, we're going to talk about that. I figured we would. And then uh, I was also on something called uh, DC EKG or EKG DC which was uh, Joe Grogan and Eric Uhlin's, um, uh podcast. Imagine Electro, you and me. Electrocardiogram? Is that imagine, yeah. Imagine, imagine if you and I were very much more formal human beings. Um, that, that's, that's how that podcast was. I was, I was, I was by far the, the most insane person they've ever had on it. You could tell they were, they were not completely comfortable with my, with my, uh, a with, lot of winces and like oh like yeah. with my degree of yeah exactly my degree of candor they were both like but huh this is, <laughs> the way, this is washington remember I, I wasn't going crazy i was just like hey we should abolish the nrc stuff i've said a hundred times before right there's like what do you mean i'm like it's not complicated it's very simple they, <laughs> exactly. they are standing in the way of progress on nuclear <laughs> i I simply pointed out that the nuclear Navy gets these reactors built in a matter of months and the civilian world takes 10 years. And the only difference, contractors are the same, guys are the same, machines are the same. The only difference is the regulators are different. So anyway, it was it was fun. I enjoy it. I hope to have it back. I'm going to invoke, invite both Eric and Joe on our podcast and watch them get nervous like as guests. Oh, I think they'll they'll probably pass on that. Yeah, I, I don't expect the uptake on that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, it for announcements. I oh, like to... oh, oh, one other one. One other sure. one. It's a quiz. Um, there's only one major league baseball team that didn't have a Pride Day. You want to guess which one it was? Yes, and that leads to my announcement, which is I would like to congratulate three individuals: Nathan Avaldi, Araldus Chapman, and Jordan Montgomery for their yeah. Yankees World Series win. <laughs> <laughs> way to go brian cashman now, in all sincerity uh i think it's great that texas won especially since uh houston didn't so uh yeah that's it. And it true it would have been it would have been better if they 
if they had humiliated Houston in the World Series. But I take your point. Well, they, they couldn't. But um, yeah. the uh, and that's the first win ever for the Texas Ranger franchise, I believe. Yeah, well, I mean, they were run. They were run by the you know by the Bush crowd. So what'd you expect? I mean, <laughs> and then, he threw you know, out the first pitch and bounced it. Not, not as, not nearly as good. He, I mean, his nine eleven performance will never be forgotten, of course. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it, I felt kind of bad for him because he bounced it. So I, I've never thrown out a first pitch, unlike you. So I don't know about the pressure. Oh, but... I've been there. It's a lot of pressure. Um, okay, so this day in history in nineteen forty eight. What are we? November third. November third. So uh, I'll give you a hint. I mean, there's a lot the, of election. The, 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 the Berlin airlift was lifted. No, this was the day that the Chicago Tribune declared that the gun uh, and declared yeah. Thomas Dewey, the winner of the previous day's presidential race. Yeah. And the famous front page headline, Dewey defeats Truman. Of course, Truman held it up in glee. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't true. Um, this day in history also had an, uh, a famous uh, political moment. I'm going to do a video uh, hint for you. The great silent majority of my fellow Americans, I ask for your support. For the more divided we are at home, the less likely the enemy is to negotiate at Paris. This was This was right before the 1972 Christmas bombings, right? Nope, this was in 1969. This was the speech that uh, Richard M. Nixon gave to the nation to rally the country around his Vietnam policies in the wake of all of the protests and everything else that was going on. And of course, it you know coined uh, coined the phrase "silent majority." Silent which majority, yeah, has been used by a couple other dudes recently. But you know who wrote? You know who wrote that speech? I do not. Pat Buchanan. Oh, it does not surprise me at all, actually. It doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. So, Yeah, Pat, Pat Buchanan was the first, first paid staffer on the 1968 Nixon campaign. He was actually hired in 1966. Yeah, it's I think his I knew birthday. that, actually. I think I knew that. It was his birthday yesterday, I think, Buchanan's birthday. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. No, no, you don't have to apologize. It's good. People, it's, it's his, I think people should remember some things back in the days. <laughs> So in 1998, this political landslide also occurred in the state of Minnesota. And I'm going to give you one hint. Preachers dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to do you. <laughs> yeah. Took me Single best line in almost all of that great spate of films. Back <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jesse, so you know what it was, right? You know what it is. That's Jesse the body, right? Yeah, Jesse Ventura was elected governor of Minnesota with yeah. 37% of the vote. And you remember who his opponents were? No. Hubert Humphrey III. Good gravy. And a young gentleman who was the mayor of St. Paul by the name of Norm Coleman. Really? Yep. Jesse wow. won uh, a three-way race who had spent a grand total of $250,000. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that probably should have been some kind of canary in the coal mine that, hey, man, there's some there's some discontent with the usual losers we're coughing up. Well, it's also, uh, it's also uh, you know, sort of the big, not the beginning, but it just just shows you that, you know, you personality is, is the name of the game. Just ask Governor DeSantis. Yeah, um, it doesn't, doesn't hurt to have some, that's for sure. Okay, and then lastly, on this day in 2014, one World Trade Center opened in New York City on the famous site of the former World Trade Center complex. Yeah, yeah. So, and have you been I, to the museum? No. No, I'm not a huge fan of commemorating defeats. Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, it was very interesting. I went with my wife um, shortly after, you know, she... Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it it was bad enough. It it is bad enough that it took us like a dozen years to to rebuild Lower Manhattan. You know, I spent some time down there. It, it looks better than it did. It truthfully it looks better than it did, but still, it it it's not a. I don't know. It's not a happy place. That's all. Yeah. So. Um... It's I'm going to New York for Thanksgiving and I'm not sure I'm excited about it, quite honestly. But why not? Why not? As I hear it's not so it's not like it's just not, you know, we you know, it's not it's much the most, in DC these days. It's the most exciting crime ridden city in America. Yeah, Look, you gotta go to the dude, forget all that. Just go to the go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Take the kids. Oh, we are. My daughter wants to go. She, we went one other time, but she was small enough that she wants to go and experience Great. It. And you know what yes, you, you know what else you want to do? And I think you probably did this. I seem to remember this. The the night before. You want to go see the um the floats while they're getting blown up? Well, so we had floated to her to do that in lieu of getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, do them both. But she kind of like rejected that suggestion. Good, Good so. for her. Good for her. Yep. yep, yep. Which daughter is this? Laura, your granddaughter. Your Good goddaughter. for her. Of course. I'm glad somebody in that family has some like moxie. <laughs> Good for her. So Sam Bankman-Fried is likely going to face some jail time here. He was uh, convicted for, I don't know what, but uh, he's basically, you know, looking at several years uh, in the, uh, in chains. Here's my take on all of this. I think there's a long list of money that he gave to dozens, if not mega, like multiple dozens of, of Democrat PACs individuals state party all that other stuff shouldn't the democrats in mass give all of that money back to pay yeah. the people who've been frauded and fleeced by this guy and yeah. of course they yes. won't but that's my that's my take i don't care i'm not really overly concerned about this individual what i am concerned about is that i i, I don't know what this operation was yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, look, look, looked at through a certain lens, it looks like a pass through to, um, to the Democratic Party and its cognates, and and there's no talk about repatriating any of that money or clawing it back or any such thing, right? You know, this this guy's left holding a bag, probably deserves to be left holding a bag, but it doesn't solve the underlying problem, right? That he used some of that money for his own, you know, for to to enrich the to enrich his his political allies and that, that that's oh, a no no yeah. 
a, a very large sum, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say, this is nominated. Biggest, the second biggest individual donor to the Democrats in the last. Yeah, season. I think it's denominated in tens of millions of dollars. It's a lot it's of money. Absolutely insane. So. It, it, it's crazy. And it, what's crazier is that nobody talks about it, right? Just yeah. We just don't. Except just like, for us here on, on regular. Yeah, we're just not going to talk about it and hope it goes away. I'm like, okay. There's one way to do it, I suppose. So speaker, since we last recorded, we finally have a speaker. I can't, it feels like a, it's been a month, but it's, you know, only been a couple of days over a week here. Uh, speaker Mike Johnson. And so far I am, I'm impressed. Uh, uh, he's making good, good, good hiring decisions, pairing is Israel uh, aid with uh, offsets, especially IRS cuts is not just politically smart it's just smart right yeah it, it you know it's it, it's 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 a good it's a it's the right answer policy wise right answer political wise that's always the winner right and that that i think that's what gives the democrats some pause here right he, he doesn't doesn't look to be like a regular old um send over the stupidest idea you know republican that they usually get well, and here's the other thing. While everyone is cheering him to fail, including the media, um, he's slowly but surely churning out individual appropriation bills with a lot of Republican priorities. Uh, the interior bill passed the House. It has some uh, directives to actually produce oil and gas in this country. Uh, it has reforms uh policy reforms to the Endangered Species Act. It codifies uh, the Clean Water Act ruling, et cetera. Right, I was going to say, does some bet Wotus. Yeah. The, the, um... and, and so good, right? And, you know, honestly, like, it, it's possible that McCarthy would have been on a similar track. But I think the conference has a new, like, newfound That's... sense of purpose here. Right. You know, so, yeah. So Morton Blackwell used to say that um, Morton Blackwell used to say there's only two reasons to do stuff. Right. One is if it's going to help your friends and the other, if it's going to hurt your opponents. Right. And, I, you know, not, I'm not sure how much of this stuff's going to wind up in an omnibus. If we're going to get an omnibus, I have no idea about that. Right. But here's what I do know. It gives, you know, all of this stuff, the regular order, the voting, the amendments, they give your guys the ability to vote on stuff, which makes them feel like, hey, we're actually doing stuff. And they make the other side, your opponents, take votes on stuff that they'd probably rather not take votes on. You know, the, the advantage of some kind of semblance of regular order is it energizes your troops and it discourages the other guy's troops. And that's pretty, pretty elemental, but it's something that's been lost in the last 10 years, especially among Republicans. They just don't get any of it, right? Yeah. And it, you know, and the, and the thing, the thing, interior and water, right? Interior and water probes. And the thing with Israel, clearest example of that, right? Yeah, hey, yeah. man, we're, and, we're, and, we're, we're, know, we're playing live baseball all of a sudden. It's cool. There are things that, that are in there that people should have got wanted but didn't get. And there are things in there that some of the moderates or others might not want to vote for. But now they have leverage, right? They have, yeah. they have a, uh, they're coming at this from a position of strength and i'll i would be very impressed if even before november 17th which is coming up he put a clean cr on the house floor 
to go through to January, right? And yeah. then again, put shift it all back on on the on the the Senate and the White House. Yeah, uh, and I think maybe maybe the never CRs people might bend a little bit if 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 they're seeing that you know the goal is is to get all these bills in on an individual basis passed through the House and and just leave you know dump it on the Senate's lap. So. Yeah, and I think you know like I like like I said if you're if you think the ultimate end game here is we're going to have some kind of CR omnibus in February or January, February, he's basically making everybody pregnant here. And he's saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to ask you to vote on this stuff so that when we're talking about it, come omnibus time in February, you've all voted on it. You've had some, you have some opinions about it, right? You've seen the language. It's not just like someone we're going to throw it together at the last minute. Uh, it's refreshing. I have no idea if this guy's going to be successful or not, but but it's refreshing, and the other thing is it's open, right? You, you, you're like, okay, hey, we're, we're playing an open process all of a sudden, which is, I think, I think part of the problem with part of what uh, what what Speaker McCarthy um, caused him not to be Speaker anymore was he he had cut a deal with the Democrats without telling anybody, and that you know he didn't even try, right? He wasn't even going to try to to fight his way through a shutdown. And I, I think people are just discouraged by that kind of thing, right? This this thing, whether you like it or whether you whether you like what you're voting for or not, at least you're like, okay, I know what the hell I'm doing here, right? I can put out a press release saying I love it or hate it or somewhere in between, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyways, we wish him success. Uh, we He has this quiet confidence about him. And then the other thing that chat me the other day was all this talk about how he, he – um, doesn't have uh you know any money like he's he's you know yeah he's gonna have a little trouble fundraising yeah no no not that personally oh personal money yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well what is he gonna do he doesn't have any money he's got like a you know a few grand in his uh bank account and he doesn't even file disclosures on his banks yeah well that's uh, the, that's the... It's like oh it's like oh the poor is you know one of the pores is running this the, the speakership yeah, you know the terrible thing about Washington is the same terrible thing about Rome, right? You know, at the end of the, the end days of the Republic, beginning days of the of the Empire. You know, Rome became the a, a cluster of prosperity in the middle of a bunch of yeah, things that were going okay. You got 65 percent of the population. We ask them in surveys all the time, "What do they?" You know, say, "Hey, could you handle an emergency of, you know, four hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks, two thousand bucks?" You got sixty percent of the people in this country who would have trouble with two thousand a two thousand dollar emergency, right? They'd have to go to family and friends. My very strong suspicion is the speaker's not one of those guys, but he's probably close to those guys, right? Um, that's just the way your fellow citizens live, my friends, and he's just one of them. I I'm with you. I'm like, who do do you guys not get out and meet anybody anymore? Like who actually lives in America? Yeah. Yeah. It's very disconcerting. I agree with you. When you hear it, you're just like, "What do you do you in your, inside your own family? You must have people who are who are I don't want to say scuffling, but who are paycheck paycheck to paycheck and thinking about. I hope nothing goes wrong, right? Who who's not like that? Who didn't grow up like that? I want to meet these people. Anyway, so um, let's do a little. We haven't done this in a while. There's been a lot of stuff going on uh, in, in the world of politics. Let's do kind of a rapid 
fire political roundup. Is this going to make me look like an idiot, Tom? No, I'm not. I'm not quizzing you. I'm just. We're, I'm just sharing information. Uh, okay, go ahead. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so Santos, Talib, and MTG were all in uh, in the crosshairs this week. Yeah. Republican members of the delegation needed a vote to, to express their displeasure for for uh, Congressman Santos. So they put a, a, a expulsion resolution. Yep. on the house floor yeah which was fairly significantly defeated there was some crossover uh, there are a lot of democrats who voted against it for good yeah. reason it was a piece of junk they should have voted against it yep it, it, you know it, i agree with tom massey who also voted against the talib censure you know he, he's just like look some this has this has got to stop i mean this is crazy we're censuring people for for, for remarks Right, well, it's crazy. I was, I was gonna say. So then, what happened was MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, put a privilege motion on the floor to censure um, uh, Congresswoman Tlaib, and uh, then, of course, the Democrats responded by um, putting a motion to censure MTG on the floor for her incendiary remarks, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So uh, Tlaib's went down; it was defeated, and uh, there was some crossover for some of those reasons. Um, and, uh, they then in turn, as a result, dropped the MTG resolution. Yeah, so and, and that's, this may be the end of it for now, but you like you said, I mean, look, we, we keep talking about this. Like there was another time in history where there was like duels on the scent, you know, in the house, you know, there were people that like threw, hit each other with pains and you know, and that was back in the you know, pre and, and civil war era. Well, I approve, I approve of duels, generally speaking. We should bring it back. You know why? Because this nonsense would end pretty quick. You know, if, if, if you if you realize that opening your mouth might mean somebody would shoot you, you'd probably be a hell of a lot more careful about the stuff you would say, right? Yeah, good point. So. I, I will say this, right? It's real quick. The New York Republicans should be embarrassed. They're the guys who made everybody walk the plank on Santos. Yeah. And here's the bottom line. It is the bottom line, right? Whatever you think about him, here's the bottom line. He's been convicted of nothing. That's correct. He's been convicted of nothing. And he's been, and truthfully, even the ethics committee in the House hasn't finished its investigation. He'd be the first guy ever kicked out for nothing, for nothing, other than he makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, well, you know what? There's just in a, in a planet of eight billion people, there's a hell of a lot of people make me uncomfortable. I was just gonna say, there's probably more that make me uncomfortable than do not make me uncomfortable. Exactly. I mean, you know, Majority Leader Schumer, just for one instance, is a is a is a um, is a testament to everything that I can't stand about New York City and the United States of America. Um, but somebody must be voting for him, so okay, that's cool. He's part of the process. We're going to move forward together. We're not going to move forward. This thing with Santos was the wrong answer. I, I, I bring back dueling. I'm not sure that's not the right answer. All <laughs> right, so there's another one out. Uh, Mike Pence, yeah, uh, announced that uh, he will be dropping out. Oh well, he will be suspending his campaign. Oh, is that what he announced? Suspending? Yeah. That's all they do. Now is not my time, he said. Now that follows a brief stint by Will Hurd. I think that lasted five minutes, 
Larry Elder uh, lasted about 15 minutes. And who was that guy in Miami? Francis Suarez. Yep, yep. So uh, we're we're the the field is winnowing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I assume Doug Burgum's not going to make the next cut either. We're going to wind up with, um, and I assume Tim Scott's going to walk away from the campaign here shortly, right? Because he's, it, you know, it, it's it, there's no point, right? So I assume we're going to be looking at DeSantis, Haley, Chris Christie, Trump. That's it. It's going to be a. And it'll be that way to Iowa. Then, then I will winnow out, you know, whoever, whoever, you know, winnow out the numbers three and four, which is certainly going to be Christie. I don't know between DeSantis and Haley, who's going to be number two. We'll see. Well, the, the never Trumpers in the party are now gravitating towards Nikki Haley. Uh, I have to be honest with you. I, I, I just, yeah, I know they are. I just don't see it. I really don't. Yeah, so just the latest polling in Iowa, uh, Selzer and Company poll for the Des Moines Register in the field, 10, 22 to 26, mm. um, 43% of the caucus vote, according to the survey. Uh, tied for second now are uh, Governor DeSantis and Nikki Haley, both at 16. Mm. So Haley's raising a little, um, and uh, Governor DeSantis is leveling off and dropping a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean the thing about the thing, and this is your this is your monthly, weekly reminder that survey work in Iowa about the caucuses are essentially is essentially useless because you're trying to guess who's actually going to show up on a Tuesday night in January in the middle of Iowa. Yeah, I, it, you never can tell. It's just it's a total ground game. It's the last it's the last legit ground game that matters in America. I think. True. True. Uh, but then again, it doesn't necessarily save you because lots of uh, Iowa winners flamed out, right? So, yeah, you got to you got to follow it up. I mean, the theory of both the DeSantis and the Ailey campaigns are the same: win in Iowa, get Chris Sununu to endorse you; win in New Hampshire, go to South Carolina and win there, and then fight it out in Florida with Trump. That's that. That's the theory of both of the cases. Trump's theory is a lot simpler: win in Iowa and run everybody else out right and that, you know it's it's I, I don't know if that's you know if you look at the if you look at the numbers they tell you that's the most likely outcome i think it's one of these you know you play the game 100 times that that had happened 55 times i'm not sure it's like 85 times i think it's like 55 times we'll see yeah we will yeah. but it's looking more and more like it's going to be trump biden well, we're in, we're inside. I mean, we're inside like 80 days now, right? Act of God, though. You keep coming back to act of God. So um, QPAC poll, uh, this is probably worthless because it's registered voters, but. <laughs> listen uh, to you. Listen to you, man. Listen to you. I learned from the master. So independent general election candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. secured 22% support in a ballot test. Yeah. Featuring he, President Joe Biden, and former President Donald Trump. Yeah. So uh, that, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, libertarian circuit lately, he's been popping up at CPAC and some other places. Uh, the 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 poll says that he draws roughly equal uh, uh, draws r roughly equal from both Trump and Biden. Yeah, I'll make it simpler than that. You know, the QPAC guys can't say this, so I will. Um, 
70% of the people say they don't want either of these guys, right? 70% of the voters say they don't want either of these guys. That, that, is the, that is the compost pile from which Robert F. Kennedy is drawing from, right? He, he's, of course. you know, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to vote for these guys. Go ahead and vote for me because no, no person who has followed him at all is actually going to vote for him. I mean, he's, he's, the guy's a loon. He's a loon and he's wrong about most stuff. I mean, he's even wronger than Biden and Trump are about most stuff. That's easy to be. Yeah. He's, uh, he's actually, uh, sort of a one trick pony on the whole vaccine thing. Right. So, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, and, and this bothered me quite a bit, as I think you probably know, I was at a, I'll say where I was. I was at a daily caller gala last week and, and they had, they had him as a speaker. I don't think he was supposed to be a featured speaker, but he wouldn't shut up. So he became a featured speaker. Um, and like half the crowd gave him a standing ovation. I'm like, this guy, first off, this guy is wrong about vaccines. He's not wrong about the COVID-19 vaccine, but he's wrong about the other vaccines, right? About polio, measles, all those vaccines are helpful. Say again. The traditional vaccine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those, those are all, those all help to improve lives. I mean, just suck it up. The numbers are there. The numbers are not there for COVID nineteen, which is not a vaccine, right? Like the World Health Organization defines a vaccine, so it's not shouldn't even be in this conversation. But he's also not wrong. You know, he's, he's one of these climate change is an existential threat. Um, you know, corporations are terrible. I mean, this guy is. In no way is he anything that should be acceptable to a daily caller audience, but they all stood up and cheered. And I was like, this is disconcerting, man. This is really, I get it. Nobody reads anymore, but come on, man. Just Google it for a second while the guy's talking. You, you get yeah. a whole download of it. Oil and gas companies should be charged for uh, crimes, <laughs> yes. against crimes, against, crimes against humanity. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Fracking sorry. ban. For, even more recently, he said he wants uh to ban fracking to help eliminate plastics yeah so, i mean uh, you know sir right right think about that for a second i want to eliminate plastics you want to kill people en masse eliminate plastics but That'll here's the people. thing the deep state stuff i mean he's got two issues right he's got the deep state stuff and he's got the vaccines he's gonna ride that like a pony yeah i get it but i, I guess what it is is I, i'm trying not to say this but i'll say it the fact that he's considered an, a legitimate alternative to the two front runners with whom I have reservations about both of them, but the fact that he's considered a legitimate alternative is a testament to the stupidity of the American voter. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a nicer way to say that, but I can't. Yeah. And normally you place a lot of wisdom in the voters. I do. And I think they're going to, they're ultimately going to come to the right answer. They just need to hear him talk some more. Yeah. The more they hear him talk, the more they're going to be like, Wait a minute. I don't, I don't think that's what I want. So shifting gears a little, New Jersey. A couple of interesting developments in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going. Go ahead. So, go, go there. New Jersey First Lady Tammy Murphy is now uh, making preparations to enter the U.S. Senate race. Uh Everyone's waiting for Menendez to finally fall and crater, right? He's not. He's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna. Well, he has survived time and time again. But gold bars, dude. I don't know. It's it's just oh, pretty. I, 
I mean, it it's looks pretty it looks, cool, actually. It's like there's going to be a movie about the Menendez family. I'm going to enjoy watching. I it. hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 well, whatever. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to go away quietly like everybody. Hey, he'll go away. He's not going to go away. It's not going to happen that way. I'm not sure why she's running, but that's kind of weird. She, she, she's running because she looked at, she looked at her husband and said, okay, that guy can win. Anybody can win in this state. It's not that complicated. Speaking of winning, Guess who's running for mayor? Mayor what? This is from Politico. Uh, this is yesterday. No, I'm sorry. Two days, two days ago. Former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy took a formal step Tuesday toward mounting a political comeback. Oh, boy. Two decades after he resigned from the state's highest office in a sex scandal that captivated the nation. McGreevy filed a form with the state law election law enforcement commission indicating he's running for the mayor of Jersey city. Okay. First off, it didn't captivate the nation. I, I'm pretty confident. Nobody West of like Harrisburg cared about it. Right. Um, it Jersey city. Huh? Well, you know, Jersey city's become a, a lovely, a lovely place for all the New York professionals to live. So maybe he'll win. Who knows? Being governor is so much about the budget, the dollar, he told the New York Times last month. Being mayor is about building strong communities. There's a guy who's never dealt with a city council in his life. <laughs> who also, uh, so the backstory, of course, is that he he hired some dude to be the Homeland Security Advisor for the state of New Jersey, who had no qualifications whatsoever turned out that it was his lover and that and that man became frank lautenberg i, I can't remember that guy's name who was that guy all right so moving I'm, on to texas I'm, i mean he captivated the nation so i figured i should at least remember the guy's name k granger's retiring yeah i saw that the long uh long serving uh congress woman from Fort Worth. Fort Worth, the current Appropriations Committee chair who led the charge to tube Jim Jordan is calling it a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I, you know, I, this is going to be a tight race. Uh, Trump only won this district. Well, no, that's not true. It's going to be fine. It should be fine, actually. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I think it's going to be more interesting. Who's going to wind up in charge of a yeah. probes? Who wants to be in charge of a probes? It's, it's got to be a kind of a difficult job, right? And another retirement, Ken Buck from Colorado. Yeah. Led, who was one of the, the, the hateful eight, the McCarthy eight. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've had the occasion to talk to Congressman Buck a couple of times in the last three or four years. You, you could tell he was just, Hey man, I'm done. I mean, he had a he had a strong sense of being done like three years ago. I don't know why well, he, he was done. Again. He came back, right? Yeah, he just he's he's done. I I don't I don't blame him. I'm just I don't I don't understand. You know, I'm like, dude, life's too short. You might as well just leave now. Why, why hang around till the end? Yeah, he uh he's going out Liz Cheney style. I've always been disappointed with our inability in Congress to deal with major issues, which I agree. And I'm also disappointed that the Republican Party continues to rely on this lie that the 2020 election was stolen. So yeah, I, I am very sympathetic to that approach. Right. The thing is, is that 
the time to call it out is not when you retire or announce you're quitting. The time to call it out is when you're still sitting in Congress and just say, look, man, that's a bunch of crap. It's a little bit like it's a little bit like RFK Jr., right? You could call that stuff out when they say it. Otherwise, it doesn't really like mean Korea with the with the um, Astros, right? Yes. Oh, I try, I told them not to do it, but yeah, five five years later, hey man, I really tried. I want another retirement this time on the Democrat side. Fifteen term Representative Earl Blumenauer is, no, is not seeking reelection, Mister Bikeman, Mister. Uh, who has shifted more dollars off of building roads and onto building bike paths and bike lanes than anybody else in Congress. Yeah, so. seriously, man, that, 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 that dude, that dude's going to be responsible for more deaths in the next hundred years than any of us. I mean, it, it, pretending that bikes are the same as cars is just dangerous and stupid. And then, you know, I don't think we, we announced Debbie Lesko's leaving us. Who, which is kind of a disappointment. Uh, I, I I totally understand her. She just came back and said, forget it. Life's too short. I'm out of here. Yep. And then lastly and not least, uh, in the another sign that it's going to be very difficult for the Republicans to keep the House of Representatives, the uh, state of Alabama just finished their um, court-driven redraw. Yeah. And created yet another majority-minority district. Yeah, that stretches from Montgomery all the way southwest to downtown Mobile, Alabama, and therefore we will see a flip uh, in the state uh, from D from R to D. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, you know, I'm, I'm flip here, flip there. A couple of New York seats, and it looks like Hakeem might get the chair after all. Yeah, I still think it largely dependent on who's going to win that presidential race. Largely dependent. It you know if the if Trump wins with forty eight and a half percent of the vote, which is probably his theoretical maximum, Republicans will hold the House. If he winds up getting forty four percent of the vote, which is probably his theoretical bottom, we'll probably lose control of the House. Don't don't I don't think it gets I don't think it gets more complicated than that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's you know it's certainly going to be a, a the winner of the. White House probably. We, we, we um, got we we got about. We although got, we, there's been there's been you know uh, cross currents in the past, so who the hell knows really? So, yeah, I was gonna say it. 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 I tell you what, I know one thing for sure. There's gonna be a, it. Whoever's in charge, it's gonna be a jump ball. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a ten vote margin kind of thing, right? You know, whoever whoever's in charge can be ten votes. Well, you know, it would be great up. though if the margins were. Uh, if, if the margins were close in the House and we took the Senate and we had the White House, then at least, you know, this this idea we, we went back to in the beginning of the conversation about, you know, having lots of votes and doing lots of stuff would, would actually be pretty good, right? So Agreed. 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 We, I, I, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing that the House races are competitive. I wish more were competitive, right? Instead of the, instead of the forty-five that we're all going around on, right? I wish that we had ninety competitive house seats. But whatever, I'm just an old guy. All right, what else you got? I got one other thing. I got one thing. What do you want? What do you? Well, do you I want? got lots of other stuff, but in the political realm, do you have? Oh, go ahead. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, there's this. This is a shot in the chaser, and this this kind of interesting to me. This was in 
AP News, executions in Iran are up 30%. A new United Nations report says they're carrying out executions, quote, at an alarming rate, putting to death at least 419 people in the first seven months of the year, UN chief said in a new report. That's a 30% increase from the same period in 2022. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez, Gutierrez said in the report to the UN General Assembly on the human rights situation in Iran that seven men were executed in re relation to or for participating in nationwide pro protests. So, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of quotes about uh, alarming lack of transparency in investigations. Not surprising, right? No. Chaser from Reuters. Iran's appointment to chair UN rights meeting draws condemnation. <laughs> sure. The United States and rights group complained on Thursday that it was insulting to allow Iran's envoy to chair a UN Human Rights Council meeting in Geneva. The same organization. I think it's the greatest. Why do we the pay the UN? organization? Why do, we, why do we pay all these international guys? What do they do? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know why. We, the next offsets, by the way, for Ukraine should be UN dues and the supplemental. Yes. The, yes. No, sorry, let me rephrase. Not the supplemental. The green subsidies in the IRA. You mean the, oh, okay. Yeah, we could do that. You know, or we could do the money that's going to the green, um, the climate fund, right? The 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 stuff that we're gonna we're about to commit to at the COP in Doha. I don't know, man. It's a crazy world we live in. It's the best. You brought the... this up. You said this is podcast material. Um, I wanted to do a clip from Hitchcock, but the Blaze says that. American Ornithological Society is renaming over 70 species of birds. I know. To correct the, historic bias. Some of the quotes in that thing are so funny. I was like, holy mackerel. The left's campaign to sever ties with the past and the equity and inclusion continues unabated, even in the sciences. So the plan is that starting in 2024, the AOS will begin changing the names of 70 to 80 birds currently named after people whether or not this initiative for the birds will fly with zoologists and the general public remains to be seen so um who is on who is on the the chopping block general winfield scott scott's mm -hmm. oriole will be renamed because god forbid we name anything after anybody has who's anything to do with the, the uh confederacy yeah the beef on scott was apparently he he ran he helped run the cherokee indians out of georgia which yes. like or whatever and i was just like okay, or oklahoma wherever he ran them out of i was just like okay but it's crazy man it's it, these people are insane yeah so they're gonna spend a, a great deal of time coming up with names that describe the birds as opposed to uh naming them after people uh, because that's just you know it's just wrong and it's not diverse um it's a bad it's a bot we need to eliminate this bias in science is what it was what needs to be to be happening here so that's exactly right that's exactly right we need to 
have more diversity and inclusion as one of the as one of the folks in the in the story got quoted as we need more diversity and inclusion so we're going to rename birds i wonder if the bald eagle is going to survive uh apparently they apparently they they referenced it in the article apparently it is but they're not sure that they won't try to change the english name they're going to leave all the latin names in place they're just going to change the english names okay fair which enough I, which i thought but well, so, you so know the for, is offensive to people to us hair challenged so well, I, well, it's just I, it, it, when they said that, I was like, OK, so let's review. It's OK to be a racist so long as you do it in English and Latin, not English, which is going to, you know, I don't know. Maybe the white supremacists are going to start speaking Latin nowadays. Yeah. All right, let's move on to carbon taxes. And before we get to oh, carbon okay. tax here in America, did you hear about this? This is from the National Observer, uh, dated October 31st. Trudeau moves to appease Atlantic discontent over carbon tax. Yep, I did see this. Lots of Atlantic liberal MPs publicly criticizing their own party's carbon pricing plans, carbon pricing, which is a tax, for pushing up the cost of living. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is trying to steady the ship announcing that the price applied to home heating oil will be paused for three years on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the interesting thing about that announcement? This is fantastic. This is the death of the carbon tax. Well, the interesting thing is what Trudeau said about it. He said that the, the action he was taking would lower energy prices for consumers in the Atlantic provinces. Because the pitch so far has been all this stuff's free or it's good for you, right? We're handing out free stuff. We're putting more money in your pocket and all that stuff. There's no downside to any of it. Exactly. And this is the natural gas, which is more efficient and cleaner than home heating oil. If the purpose is to save the planet, you want to eliminate home heating oil, right? All, All this stuff. Trudeau in about four sentences just blew all of their messaging up, all of it. Because from now on, I know what I, I know. I know every time I speak about it, I'm going to say, as my very my very good friend from Canada says, this is going to lower energy prices for citizens. This is going to be a good thing. I was like, as I even as I was reading, I'm like that guy. I suspect he doesn't know the damage he just did to his own side. But no, it's fantastic. Oh, now the air his his conservative opponent has a political hammer to bludgeon him he's already on on the prowl trudeau insists that there will be no more carve outs this of course is because uh they're concerned that there will be a bleeding of support on the east coast for trudeau in his upcoming election um and then their um their new turn of uh turn of phrase as well this is so that we can incentivize those who have home heating oil to convert to heat pumps and we're going to subsidize the the installation of heat pumps. So it's this isn't good. about me trying to win my reelection. No, no, no. All right. To 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 our to the point you're about to go to. Let it, let me let me just jump to the point you're not Let me just jump to the point you're about to go to. Let's go. The the hard hard rule, the hard 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 rule about climate change policy is you can never make the costs obvious to the citizens because they will not pay them, right? 
And that is what Prime Minister, Prime Minister, Premier, whatever he is, Trudeau found out, right, to his great consternation and had to retreat. And that is, I believe, what Republican senators are about to find out. Sorry. Go that ahead. I just wanted to preview that. Because today, this morning, Senator Bill Cassidy from Louisiana, a member of the Senate Energy Committee and the Senate Finance Committee, along with his good friend, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, introduced the foreign pollution fee. No, no, no. It's not a carbon tax. It's a fee to address the nexus between energy, economic development, supply chains, national security, and the environment at the expense of China and Russia. Yeah. Yeah, that's not actually how it's going to work out. Here how it's going to, here's how it's going to work out. It's going to be a tariff. It's a tariff on imported goods based on their um, carbon dioxide content. And who is going to pay said tariff, Mike? The, the people who purchase those goods. Wait, In other words, ultimately, American consumers. Pay that tariff. Say again? I thought China was going to pay. No. No, that's not how it's going to work at all. Well, that's not what Lindsey Graham said, because he said, quote, it's long past time that the polluters of the world, like China and others, pay a price for yeah. their environmental policies. Yeah, I'm going to assume that um, I'm going to assume that Senators Graham and uh, Senator Cassidy don't actually understand how tariffs work. Um, the, the people who pay the tariffs are the guys who buy the product. It's not the guys who are selling the product. This is this should not be complicated. Um, you're basically paying a tariff every time you pick up a Slurpee at 7-Eleven, right? You pay the tariff, not 7-Eleven. That's how it works. Sellers don't pay. Buyers pay. Um, so anyway, um, the other thing is, and this is this is something that my economist friends have pointed out. Once this starts, gonna rifle through the entire economy, right? Because everybody's going to reset their prices on the, on the tariff price. Um, my other thing is like carbon taxes everywhere, like carbon taxes, taxes everywhere. It's going to affect everything. It's going to touch everything that is made, transported, grown, anything that human hands touch going to be subject to this carbon tax eventually. So I, I looking forward to a vote on the Senate floor on this thing, because again, makes the price obvious, makes the cost obvious to citizens, Americans are going to reject this out of hand, as they should. Well, the uh, acidy carbon tax is what we're going to be calling it because that's exactly what it is. And um, it, he, it, he said it wasn't a carbon tax, Tom. Oh, he did? Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, then I need to, I need yeah, to he said it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, listen. Uh, we warned, we, we warned people that the, uh, prove it act, prove it isn't a carbon tax would lead to this, would go down, would lead to this road. So that was a study to talk about the wisdom of it, of this particular tax. Uh, and Senator Cassidy decided to one up Senator Kramer by actually putting it down on paper. So uh, I'm actually glad that he did because now it gives us uh, the ability to put a number on his tax 
which we will do. And then, um, you know, they we're happy to have them explain to us why it isn't a carbon tax. Yeah, I I don't understand how this strat. I don't understand the strategy of this at all. You know, when it was a study getting done by the Department of Energy, and hey, we're we're not we're not charging anybody. We're just going to put price tags on stuff. You could credibly argue that hey, it was just you know it's just one of those things we want to know. But now all that that pretense is all gone. This is, this is like this is a carbon tax, just plain and simple. That's what it is. All right, I got a couple more, and then we can get out of here. The the first Gosh, don't, don't be ridiculous. I got one more because I was told I was right, and I, I you Free, know I can't resist oh, here. By the way, I brought up Speaker Johnson, and you didn't. You oh, I will. I, okay, you want me to? You want me to allocute right now? You yeah, were the first person. It. You were the first person I I heard ever say that Mike Johnson was even in line for this thing, and you were the first guy to say he was going to get it. So. I'm assuming that either you like have some weird inside knowledge or you prayed to the right gods. But anyway, there you go. Is that that what you wanted? Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was very good. You alone among all men, (laughs) knowledge and wisdom. Stop now. Stop now. (laughs) And don't bring my mom into this. I just, Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I assume you're on a road to Tarsus when, God himself struck you from your horse and said, <laughs> when you get up, Mike Johnson will be Speaker of the House of Representatives. I hope if I have one of those moments, it has nothing to do with politics. <laughs> All right. La, la, this one is from the Free Beacon. Your tax dollars pay for millionaire Democrats' swanky D.C. apartments. Taxpayers are funding luxury housing accommodations for Representative a- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and over 200 other members of Congress many of whom boast net worths of over $1 million. In one of their last actions in the majority, Democrats quietly tucked a provision into the internal house rules that grants lawmakers access to an optional $34,000 annual subsidy to pay for their Washington, D.C. housing and meal expenses. To date, taxpayers have doled out over $8,700 to pay for the Democratic Socialist lodging and meals through the first half of 2023. In total, this is bipartisan, 113 Democrats and 104 Republicans have taken advantage of the program, raking in a combined $1.4 million in subsidies during the first half of 2023 House disbursement records reviewed by the Beacon Show. Recipients of these funds include at least 17 millionaire Democrats, including Rep. Katie Porter, House Minority Whip Catherine Clark, who, by the way, boasts a net worth of $13.5 million. Mm. Apparently, $174,000 a year is simply not enough to live in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Okay. First off, I didn't know about this. This is I bet you neither, nobody else did either, except for members. Um, I have kind of mixed feelings about this, right? They shouldn't have subsidies. I've said this in public. I might as well repeat it. I think members should be paid 400000 bucks a year. I think they should be paid what the president's paid. I think that, you know, we ask them to maintain two households in two different places, right? Fly back and forth and all this other stuff. They, If we paid better, we would get better congressmen. It's, it's not not more complicated than that. 
that said, this thing kind of seems like a workaround, right? And not a, and obviously one they're not proud of because they didn't talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if it, you know, I, I, at least I get it, right? They don't want to vote for raises for themselves. I, I, I wish they would because I, like I said, I think if you had better, if you had better pay, you'd have better congressmen and our problems I'm would not, be. I'm not necessarily sure that's the case because some of these folks, you would don't get necessarily need the money, right? I, yeah, that's see, that's the problem, right? Here's here's the Congress we're creating. We're creating a Congress full of people who are either um, never going to be well off or people who are born well off. You know, you you wind up with situations where you know you you have very few people in their in their prime of their of their working lives who are willing to step out for six years and go be members of Congress. In other words, yeah, okay, but I don't know that they'll do that after six years. I mean, like the people that you know, they're making 174, right? And how many, what's the tenure of some of these folks? Oh, 35, oh, 40 and, years. Yeah, no, I get come it. Come in like speak, Speaker Johnson and come out multimillionaires. Well, I mean, my attitude has always been well, I think we've had this conversation before. Maybe we haven't. My, my thought is always double the pay and impose term limits. Okay. So, so you come here for go there. That's you know that's more reasonable, I think, than because yeah. 400k a year is a pretty damn good job. Oh yeah, you know you got to match. You got to pair it up. You look term limits don't work unless you pay people more money, and paying people more money doesn't work unless you impose term limits. But but it's the way to get better congressmen. There's no doubt in my mind. And like I said, this subsidy thing under the table, quiet. They're obviously not proud of it. Not a good answer. All right, I am done. I got one more, and I can assure you that you will never have to fear writing or speaking or articulating yourself um, worse than than our closing our our, our closing All right. speaker. All right. I got one more. I got one more quick one. Um, this is from Utility Dive. I'll make it real quick. This is from Utility Dive. Yeah, yesterday, today, today. Um, the headline is. FERC order 2023 won't solve fundamental interconnection problems, uh, said Commissioner Clements. The reality is when we have these complex issues, you don't just solve it like the good old days of one rule. Commissioner Clements said on Thursday, this is going to be a series of steps. The rule we're talking about is the rule that will guide um, how projects are interconnected with the grid in various places. Yeah. And when the rule came out, all 1,461 pages of it, I read it, the order, when it came out. You read all of the pages? Yes, sir. Because um, because a couple of customers had some keen interest in it, so I wanted to write read it so I could write a coherent memo on it. So I, so I wrote the memo. I wrote the memo, and I said, look, the average interconnection time is now five years, right? I said, this order is going to make it worse. It's going to it's going to take it to seven. It's going to take the average time to seven years. At which point everybody was like, no, Mike, you've understood it totally wrong. Blah, 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 blah. So here we are three months after the order. And Commissioner Clements essentially agrees with me. The rule, the order didn't solve any of the interconnection problems. Probably just added to them. So I want to thank Commissioner Clements. I appreciate the vote of confidence. I know she didn't do it just for me. She was telling the truth, just like I was trying to tell the truth. So sorry. Couldn't That's resist. fine. I want to thank Commissioner Clements as well, and I want to implore her to encourage her lawyers uh, at FERC to turn over 
the documents that we have asked for concerning her request for waivers for let it go. Let her. it go. Let it go. You already won. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> just show up. Just all I gotta do is send the send them over and just we can resolve this once for all and we'll we'll all go home. So okay. In the meantime, go ahead. What do you got? I got one more from our beloved press secretary. Here she is. So what else concerned to see Senator Menendez uh, attend a classified briefing on Ukraine yesterday, given that he's accused of being a foreign government? So uh, and I've said this before, um, we, you know, this is very serious. Uh, uh, you know, the um, uh, the investigations, um, uh, we take them very seriously. Uh, I don't have anything to say about um, uh, to comment about um, uh, the. Um, um, you know, the meeting that he attended, the classified meeting that he attended, uh, just not going to get into that from here. Uh, but obviously, we take this very seriously. And that is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen, because we take your yeah. time very seriously as well here on the Unregulated uh, um, uh, uh, Podcast. Okay. I wish you all a wonderful weekend. Namaste. Lord. Lord.